We have put our faith in you and we cannot see you. We cannot smell you, taste you, touch you. We cannot hear you except with our spirit because you are spirit. Thank you that you gave our spirit ears to hear, gave our spirit eyes to see. Because if we didn't have that from you, we could not know you. But we can know you even though you're invisible because you're visible through our spirit. Thank you that we are, you are the father of spirits and we are spirit. We are not just physical bodies. Our physical bodies are temporary but our spirit lives on. Thank you that the power of your spirit in us will even cause our physical bodies to take on life and immortality and rise from the dead. Even as Jesus rose from the dead by the glory of of the Father, so also we. Romans 6, 4. Father, we realize that faith is invisible. We realize that our faith is our substance of things we cannot see. Our faith is the evidence of things that we hope for. It's real. So real are you that we are not afraid to live for you with our whole heart and die for you and die believing in you knowing that's not the end but we will rise again surely even as you rose again from the dead and death has no power over us we thank you for resurrection life and the power to heal the sick to raise the dead to cast out demons in your name. And to raise the dead. <laughs> that the power that's in us is so powerful that it can change anything. And yet it's invisible. You are invisible. But we believe in you, and it's real. 
Thank you that we don't just lean on what we can see and smell with our natural seer and our natural smeller. That we just don't lean upon what we hear with our ears, our natural ears. But you have given us the ability to hear, to smell, to taste, to touch. To see the invisible. Because our spirit is invisible without a body. But through your spirit in us, in our spirit, people can see you live through us. Wow. Thank you. How awesome. I can remember when I could not say that. When it was not real for me. But you made it real. You gave me faith. <laughs> I thank you that I'm saved by grace through faith. The ability to know that my faith will literally become the substance of the things I hope for and the very evidence of the things not seen. And that I can believe it so strongly I will step out of the boat and look like a fool. And you will cause the water to become pavement. That we here can step out and experience supernatural God in our lives. We can have revelation of the invisible. And we can reveal the invisible. Thank you, Father, that we can reveal heaven, a place none of us have seen with our natural eyes, or not very many, we can reveal that place even though our eyes have not seen it. Thank you, Father God, for understanding that we are spirit and you're our Father, the Father of all spirits. All spirits. Good and evil were created by you and through you. In your origins, you created them all. Thank you that you created fallen angels and beings where women had relations with angels and produced giants. 
and those giants died in the flood and their spirits stayed here and they want to convince us they have power over us and they usurp and lie and deceive they're called demons and fallen angels that rebelled against God and I thank you Jesus that though Satan is the God of the evil world system he's not the God of the kingdom and we're in the kingdom and we're in this world but we're not of that world system and therefore he has no dominion over us at all do I hear an amen Thank you that we have power over all of the power of the devil. Do you believe? Do you have faith? You know you can believe and not have faith. The demons believe in God and they tremble. Because they don't have faith in God. They have faith in their rebellion. And they fight against God. They actually fight against us. And God gave us a gift called faith. And he given it to a, a, a the measure. Everybody say the measure. Romans 12. He's given unto all of us, the measure of faith. Somebody said, yeah, and somebody gets this measure and somebody gets that. How about we shift into a whole new revelation and dimension? How many believe Jesus stepped inside of you? Amen. How many believe the Holy Spirit came to dwell in you? Amen. How many believe the Godhead dwells in you? Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What, what, uh, what kind of faith do you have then? You have the measure the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ. You do not live by a trumped up faith that works because you're positive minded. Positive mindedness is not faith. Even though it's very positive, there's things that can be said that people think are negative, but they're not. It's God initiating something. So, we, we miss it when we say God's positive, he's not negative. He's neither one, he's God. We got to quit letting the world tell us what God's like by giving terms to it, and then we accept it and get deceived into a religious uh, a, a, a twist that takes us off the pure faith. The pure faith is a person in us. You were crucified in Christ. I was crucified. We were crucified in Christ. Nevertheless, we live. Yet not I, but Christ, the resurrection and the life now lives in you. And the life you now live that you received when you were born again through regeneration, through God stepping inside of you, is the faith you live by. My dad right now is in a He's in a uh, hospice. I'm expecting to call any minute that he's gone. He's getting promoted. 
He's going home. He's 91. Been the most amazing man I've ever met in my life. He never stops talking about Jesus. He's never prayed for me that I wasn't healed. Amazing man. Godly man. I hurt inside of thinking of my father leaving. We talk on the phone all the time. He's my best friend. I hurt. But I rejoice in my spirit. And I will celebrate the glorious He's going to get to see my mother and my grandfather and my grandmother. They both loved Jesus. My grandmother was a prophet. Going to get to see my loved ones that have gone on. Two children. Former wife. Going to get to see all of his brothers and sisters. He's the oldest of nine. He's outlived them all except two sisters, his, his baby sisters. Took care of him all of his life. Wherever they lived, he always went to see them all the time. He was always big brother. He's the patriarch of our family. I'm the next one in line. His going home has to be my victory. I must live by faith. And not by sight. I cannot allow my soul to rule me. But it's trying to. I'm experiencing emotions. Anger. Disappointment. Longing. Loss. Grief. All, all kinds of stuff. I'm a very expressive person. You've probably noticed. So things that go on inside of me sometimes creep out. and I don't always seem like I'm the most stable guy in the world. I've never met a stable-looking prophet. I've known a lot of them. (laughs) But it depends on what you call stability. Real stability is no matter what you go through, and it don't matter. You know, a righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets up eight. You know, you may make a mistake, but you can repent quickly. You can always turn. You can stay. You can get back in the faith immediately. See, that's what God doesn't want us to sin knowingly and on purpose because sin causes your heart to become, feel guilty and ashamed and it affects your faith. Your faith works if you believe you are the righteousness of God, not just theologically, but you really believe it. Not just when you're in front of people, but when you're going through a trial and you're alone or when nobody's around. That's where your real faith is seen. Your secret history is what God shouts from the rooftops. Your secret history with God. That's why I believe in intimacy and time with the Lord. Because my secret relationship to him I, I can spend hours in front of him, not hear him, not nothing, and just being quiet and waiting on the Lord. I've learned to do that and not get agitated because nothing happens and all of that stuff, because it does happen. 
Every time you wait on the Lord, something happens to you. We only have a certain amount of years on planet Earth. It's all to learn to wait on the Lord and be filled with him so that when he does show up, we know how to handle it and what to do with it. The invisible God. I like that. He that can rule his own spirit is mightier than he that can take a city. That is really good. That is really good. But faith is the victory. 1 John 5, verse 4. Now, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. I'm on this faith thing. Last few weeks, I've been bringing it up, and I even taught from uh, one of my favorite contexts of Scripture about the God kind of faith just a few weeks ago. Shall I go over that real quick again, a little bit? what I had in mind for tonight. But before I do that, I want to prophesy to some people and and flow with the Spirit. I feel faith tonight is going to be released to you. And I believe the Lord told me, you need more faith, son, right now for what you're going through. And I said, how do I get it? And he says, give what you have away. Because then I will increase. The enemy loves to create distractions and even cause pain and all kinds of things to make us withdraw from loving others and giving to others. You don't give out of good emotions and happy-go-lucky feelings. You can't be ruled by that. You can't be easily offended in this walk. If you are, you, you will be offended all the time. There will be something bothering you. You'll have turmoil all the time. And that's the old flesh man who has already been put to death. Do I hear an amen? Crucified. Everybody say crucified. crucified. Say, I'm dead. I'm dead. Crucified in Christ. Crucified. My old man's gone. Old man's gone. You ever notice how much that old man likes to jump up? <laughs> we have to whack him. <laughs> have to whack him. Show no mercy. Take no prisoner. Execute. (laughs) A lot of people trying to get their old man healed. It's true. There's no such thing as healing the old man. There's the old man. uh, The only way you can heal the old man is first of all taking through the cross. Has to be put to death. How many know the old man has to die? Come on, come on, come on. Some of y'all are sitting down on me, backing away, getting, are you, what, are you getting offended at the word? No, you don't. You don't get offended at the word, you rejoice in the word. Your spirit rejoices in God your Savior always. But the flesh loves to make war against the spirit. So the spirit makes war in the flesh. Now listen to this. The spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. Isn't, hasn't this been said like this? The spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. Meaning, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak, and the weakness of the flesh is going to dominate you. You'll try to do right, but the flesh is weak. The spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. I don't believe he said it like that. I believe he said it like this. Spirit's willing, and the flesh is weak. Amen. <laughs> 
Because see, your soul is going to wrestle against your spirit until it's brought into dominion. It's brought into the dominion of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if you're smart, you'll also realize, and you're really smart people, that you're not only death, burial, and resurrection, but you've gotten into the ascension. And you have been raised up together with him and seated in heavenly places in Christ. And he has had his coronation to rule and reign, and he's sharing it with you in the throne right now. If you're an overcomer, to him that overcomes, I'll grant him to sit in my throne with me as I'm seated in the throne with him. And then we say, oh, no, if I overcome, that means, oh, so I got to, you struggle to start trying to be an overcomer. Forget it. You can't do it and you can't learn how to be an overcomer. All you can do is learn how to let go and let God because the overcomer in you is the only one going to overcome. Do I? That's why it says to him that overcometh. Because it doesn't say to her anywhere. Because it's not talking to him or her, us out here. It's talking to him, Jesus Christ, to him that overcomes. And we can be overcomers if we yield to the overcomer within us. But that takes faith. Your faith has to be strong. Let me, uh, let me rephrase it. Your faith is strong and wants to be released through you because your faith is who you live by, a person. Who do you live by? Christ in you. <laughs> I'm crucified in Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by what? The faith of who? Of the Son of God. See, it's, an, it's another aspect of a faith that is not taught on principles and steps and procedures. It's taught on relationship and an intimate walk and a knowing and a coming into a confidence that the invisible God has stepped into a visible human being and will be now be seen the invisible God will be seen through a visible man, through his body, through men, women, and children, young and old, every nation, kindred, and tongue, and every one of them given power over all of the power of the devil, given the permission to use the badge and the seal of authority, the name of Jesus. If you have faith in the name of Jesus. How many have faith in the name of Jesus? Well, of course you do. If you didn't have faith, you wouldn't be born again. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. Notice what came first. It wasn't believe in your heart. If you, listen, you'll hear people say this. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus, you'll be saved. That's not what it says. It doesn't say you believe in your heart first. It says you confess with your mouth. Because the things you talk about is where you go. How many believe that? Talk about sex and see where you go. Y'all are looking at me like, why do you bring that in there? Because it gets you every time. It has an impact because we beings are motivated by certain things in us and procreation and 
romance and those things really move in us as human beings, one of the strongest drives there is. Well, I think there's a better way of saying it than you say it that way. I love you, but guess what? That's not the way I do it. And you know what? Somebody will love the way I say it, and some won't because they're easily offended. And prophets were created to come with messages and bring revelation. And every one of them I know and have ever known have been foolishness. And they've confounded the wise. Bob Jones, the first time I saw him, he walked in the room. And he had on sweatpants. They were dirty. And on a pair of, not tennis shoes, shoes with the laces undone. His shirt was sticking out. He had a crop of hair sticking up in the back. And he was grinning from ear to ear. And he walked in the room, and he sat down right next to me. And he says, there are a lot of witches and war- warlocks in this place. <laughs> That's the first thing he said to me. Wow. <laughs> we were in a room getting ready to minister to leaders, and I'd never met him face to face. And I was on the prophetic team, and we had not met yet. And I said, I said, yeah, there is, isn't there? And he said, yeah. He said, can you feel that? And I said, yeah, I've been praying about it all morning. What's going on? And he said, oh, there's a convention here. He said, you know what's going on. You know, you know what's going on. Looked and said that to me again. And I said, oh, do you think I'm one of them? And he goes, <laughs> No, you're a prophet. I know who you are. I've been waiting to meet you. Then he told me who I was by name. And he looked so foolish. And the way he came at me, I could have gotten offended. I could have taken it that he was talking about me. I knew he wasn't, but I wanted to know where he was going. And I had to ask him. It's so easy. For God to send somebody to us in foolishness and I'm, us completely miss them because of our flesh. And he always brings his most revelatory gifts in foolishness. So only the pure in heart will see God. Now, case in point, Jeremiah, Isaiah, John the Baptist, I can go on. All of them, foolish. Can you imagine, can you imagine Joseph, the wonderful 11th son of Jacob, getting up one morning and his father walks over and put, puts a robe on him and it's every color of the rainbow? <laughs> and he says, I made this for you. It's a special. Well, they all wore uh, their colors because each tribe had a color and they were known for the color they were in by the boundary around or by the woven color within their garment. In Israel, it was a tradition. And so his dad walks in and gives him all, all these colors. And they're all the colors of all of his brothers in her weavings of their woes. And the whole coat is covered that way. And nobody wears that kind of a foolish-looking garment. 
And he wrapped him in foolishness. And he had visions and dreams and his brothers despised him. And you can go right down the list. Abraham, all of them, the Lord wrapped them in foolishness and only the pure in heart partook of them. Jesus. He comes on the scene. He's got on a, a robe with no seam in it. He's wearing an incredible sash of Judah with the colors of Judah across here, wrapped around his waist. He's an amazing-looking guy, commanding and tender and kind. How do, you, how do you do that? And he stands out. He's written about in Josephus and described, and people describe him as being ugly and all that, and he had no comeliness to look upon. That's not even what that verse means. And it's the only verse in the Scripture that says it. One verse, and people make a judgment of how Jesus looked. And he dressed in war, and he acted. We think he was like this. Jesus coming into town. Now, he come walking in, playing with the kids, and bouncing them on his knee, and dogs barking and turning flips, and demons screeching in people, and saying, who is this that you think he is? Sorry, I did that too well. <laughs> Just pray for me, sister. Just pray. Faith. All of them had great faith. They're in the heroes of faith. Hebrews 11. Now faith is the substance of things for everybody. Say now. Now. We have got to move into now faith. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? Now faith is. Now faith is. The first word is now. God's not the I was. He's not the I will be. He's now. He's the I am. Sorry, I'm starting to scream. Getting excited. Whew, Jesus. Feeling the anointing. The faith of the Son of God is incredible. I, I've been going back and rehearsing things in my life. And, and things that... Uh, and I've written encounters, and we did a, a video on, uh, I wrote, four, wrote 40 encounters, and then we taught on them and filmed them, and we're going to make them available. And, and I've had some phenomenal encounters with God. And in the last few years, I've had many encounters. Since I've lived here, I've had amazing encounters. Uh, two months ago, Jesus appeared to me. And then Elijah came riding in, in his flaming golden chariot and leaped off of it and ran forward like this with the chariot still moving and stood like this and, and turned to me and talked to me. And he told me something. Oh, you expect me to believe that? I don't care whether you do or not, but I'm going to tell it because yeah. it will create me to speak what God has said will bring to pass what he said he would do. Because I have faith in God. I have faith in Jesus. I have faith, all of my faith. None of my faith is built on my confession unless my confession is built from the cross. 
The blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. The cross of Calvary is the basis of all faith. And positive talking and, and positive confession when you don't embrace the cross won't work. It won't work. Not for faith. Not for the faith of the Son of God. Not for the miraculous. Not for life-changing transformation to take place in you and others. How many know the greatest miracle of all is a transformed life? Amen. That's true. Yes, Lord. I operate in the gifts of the Spirit, all nine of them. Every one of you should, could, some of you do. We can move in all kinds of wonderful things. We can move in the gifts of the Spirit and not move in power. We can heal the sick and raise the dead and not move in power, just move in the gift. A gift of miracles. And you can live, people can perform miracles and not transform lives. I've watched it my whole life. Transformed lives come through people that know Jesus very intimately and love and embrace the fact they're crucified in Christ, nevertheless they live. Yet not them, but Christ now lives through me. They learn to live by the life of another. Jesus is going to take his church into a place to where we really take up the cross, deny ourselves, and follow Jesus. And it's not just a theological thing that we say happened one time. It ha it. it, it your faith in what Jesus did on the cross can't just be for what he did back then, but for what he does with you daily. You take up your cross and follow him and deny yourself daily. And, and in that, you must constantly apply the fact that your old man is dead and crucified because the cross is real to you. Now, you can't do that without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't do it in your own determination. You can't do it in your own power. But you can do it through faith in Jesus Christ. And faith in Jesus Christ is the most powerful thing there is. Uh, there's a lot of different kinds of faith. And there's different levels of faith. There's weak faith and there's growing faith and there's mountain moving faith and there's ever increasing faith. And the Bible teaches all of these different faith, faith uh, in God. Faith of God, faith for God. There's different types of faith taught in the scripture. And you learn about them and master them and look up every single one of them and study them and pray into them and ask the Lord how to bring them into activation, into walking in them. When Jesus appeared to me in 1976, took me up in a whirlwind, and I went up and stood before the throne of God. In all of his glory, Jesus was standing there. The throne, I didn't see the throne. I didn't see anything but him. He completely captured everything about me. Later, when I came out of the vision, I came back, came out of the vision. I was having visions of heaven and, and massive, incredible Visions of things that I didn't even notice when I was there because his beauty so took me, I couldn't turn my eyes from him. Except when I did to another Jesus that peered next to him. And this other Jesus said 
the word and spoke and exuded the word and light, but he caused condemnation, guilt, and shame pressed down. A domination over me. It was another Jesus and another spirit and exuding another gospel. And it made me totally defeated and I lost confidence and I lost my faith. And I didn't have faith. But when I would look back at the real Jesus, I would fill with a righteousness consciousness. Nothing inside of me felt like I had to. I'm unworthy, Lord, with this one. But with this one, I did. Because the light he exuded was another light. It was a false light. And it was false rays of light. And it was a false message. And it was filled with guilt, shame, and condemnation. Holiness and the fear of the Lord comes from holy God who is love. And he has a way of coming into people's lives. And transforming them and making them holy. And it's inside of us and, and it happens at the new birth and it wants to burst out of us, but parts of us won't let go and we struggle. And also there's demons and spirits of darkness and a world system and fallen people and love well-intending good people at times that just go through something and maybe affect us. There's a, there's a whole war going on all the time and the biggest war you have is between your ears the battlefield of the mind and it's constantly going on and it is not to rule you. It's to be ruled over. Amen. It's to be put to death. Amen. Not just brought into submission but brought to nothing. Amen. Because all that's in it is lies and the carnal mind is the enemy of God. And the super infusion of the reality of revelation of him inside of you causes his mind to suddenly come through your mind and in your thoughts. <clears throat> and in a moment in the twinkling eye from your spirit down in here, you suddenly see the light and have the light. And you know volumes of information and it may take you years to say to put into words what you've just had happen to you through super learning through the mind of Christ, through the eternal now God Amen. who decides to release that upon you in one second or a millisecond and bring an enlightenment that's transforming and transfiguring. And we're about to have encounters with that kind of God and those kind of encounters all over the world that's going to transform and transfigure believers and make them so powerful it's unreal. And everywhere they go, they will walk so much like Jesus that they will confront darkness. And it will hate them. unless they want to fall on their knees and repent. Come on, is anybody hearing what I'm saying? I know I don't say it like you're used to hearing it. My God, don't you get tired of hearing the same thing the same way from so many people all the time? Good Lord. God said he was going to have an army and every one of them would be totally different. And every one of them would shine a facet of his light and glory and wisdom in a way nobody else could. He wants no one to be exactly like anybody else. You are unique and individual and created to shine with something nobody else can give you. I know I'm speaking real strong. I'm feeling, oh, I've got this war inside of me that I'm ready to release. And I, I don't know if I'm even doing it. My intensity 
is getting to where I burn so strong, I don't even know how to handle this thing that's happening to me. And I know it's going to turn into miracles any moment. I know it's going to, something's going to happen. The dead's going to be raised. I've seen them raised six times. I've raised the dead by Christ in me. I couldn't raise a fly. I couldn't bring back the life of a wilting flower. But the resurrection and the life, Jesus Christ. I've seen miracles that are so phenomenal, it's unreal. Then how come you're not a big shot and have a big name? Because Jesus is looking for people that don't want to have a name. They want to glorify his name. And they will find ways to be hidden. And still be seen and known. I'd rather be known in hell any day of the week than just be known by men, wouldn't you? Known in hell? Yeah, hell trembles. Now, there's times when I'm in the zone. I wish I could stay in the zone. I don't stay in the zone. I'm maturing into the zone. The zone's in me. The zone's in you. The zone is a person. And if we could stay in the zone, we would always be dynamic and powerful and wonderful and awesome and gentle and kind and loving and forgiving. We'd never be offensive after the flesh. <clears throat> I know I'm crazy and weird. I know I'm weird, different. I know that something's about to happen. Somebody in here tonight's going to get something that's going to turn them into a jackhammer for God busting up the foundations of hell. Jack Hammer's going to drill some holes and put dynamite in and blow him to smithereens in the name of Jesus. That's you. That's you. You're calling to destroy the darkness. Not just cast them out, cast them into hell. Cast them under the footstool of Jesus never to operate against another human being again. We're going to learn we can send demons to their destruction. And it's all through the Bible. Amen. But we've been told they, they can't be judged until their day of judgment. They say the same thing about human beings, and there's no judgment right now. It won't be until the great white throne, then we'll all be judged. You had nut ear and a fruitcake. I'm sorry, that was really blunt. That was not the right way to say it. It's true. That kind of thinking, judgment is at work all the time in you. You're right now judging whether you're going to believe what I'm saying and like what I am and why am I doing what you're judging me right now. You will always judge. You were created to judge. You cannot evaluate and discern without judging. And you judge according to righteous judgment and the righteous judgment of Jesus is he looks beyond the fault and sees the need, looks beyond the need and sees the potential, the answer that's in everyone and begins to minister to that to bring it out. And on the way into that, the fault and the need, if he needs to, he'll address it and take care of it. Get rid of it. And he'll do it at the cross. Every time. Because the cross and the blood of the Lamb is the only way. Faith will come into you to have faith to move mountains. It's in you right now. It's going to come into your soul, into your thoughts. You're powerful. 